Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly Research Roundup, research published between the 23rd and the 30th of January 2023. I'm Katrina Pez, the Research Correspondent for the ME Association. It's been an exceptionally busy week for research with nine new ME-CFS studies and 12 new long COVID studies. We have highlighted one of the ME-CFS studies in detail. Paper 8 looks at post-exertional malaise specifically the transcriptonome changes while undergoing exercise. The study of transcriptonomics looks at the complete set of RNA molecules and how their expression changes, i.e. gene expression for molecules which help make up proteins. For this study, 20 female ME-CFS participants were recruited alongside 20 healthy match controls. The participants underwent an exercise challenge and blood samples were analysed at three time points before the exercise challenge, T0, maximum exertion, T1, and four hours after the exercise challenge, T2. The exercise challenge used was a standard maximal graded exercise test which consists of pedalling for two minutes at 60 watts, which is a unit of power, followed by an increase of 30 watts every two minutes until they reach their maximum exertion. The study yielded significant findings in a number of areas. At maximum exertion, T1, no significant changes in gene expression was found in ME-CFS patients, but there was in healthy controls. 102 genes showed significant changes. In healthy controls, these changes related to, to signalling and integrated functions of their immune cells, such as those affecting natural killer cells. At T1 maximal exertion, no significant changes in cell type abundance, such as the immune cell types, were found in ME-CFS patients, although in healthy controls, the CD4T killer cells decreased and natural killer cells, NK, increased. In the recovery period, T2, ME-CFS patients had 1,277 genes that were expressed differently compared to the 831 in healthy controls. There were several pathways that were significantly affected in ME-CFS. These were related to dysregulated immune signaling pathways, dysfunctional cellular response to stress, especially those functions relating to cytokines. In healthy controls, leukocyte activation and immune response regulating signalling were more significantly affected. In the recovery period, T2, a number of differences were seen in the cell type abundance, where the type of cells looked at were all significantly different in the controls at time points T1 and T2. Results from this study are fascinating and show that ME-CFS participants have a different response to exercise than healthy controls, where ME-CFS participants are unable to facilitate the transcriptonome changes that are needed in their immune system which allow recovery. Furthermore, these results show that following exercise and in recovery, ME-CFS immune cells have dysfunctioning cytokine signaling networks which are involved in the immune system functioning and are vulnerable to cell death due to poor defence system and dysregulated epigenic regulation of apoptotic pathways, which is programmed cell death. However, healthy controls regulate their lymphocytes, a type of immune cell, and inactivate the inflammatory response. 
This is the second study we have seen of late showing different responses to exercise in MACFS and healthy controls, with the previous study delving into metabolic effects. This study was by German et al. 2022, and we have previously covered this in our roundup and in the IACFS conference. A few things which we can note about this study. All MECFS subjects met the FUDCUDA and the Canadian case definitions for MECFS, which means that diagnosis criteria was tighter than other studies we have seen. Additional effects were minimised in the study as all participants had a uniform breakfast. A range of additional diseases were ruled out. Although this could induce changes if breakfast was completely different from what participants are used to, for example, if they usually have a keto diet. A female-only sample was used, which has advantages and disadvantages due to the high prevalence in the female sex, as well as reported differences at the molecular level in other studies. But this is also a drawback as we don't know how the results will vary in male. Furthermore, this study also reduced any potential menstrual effects by participants completing questionnaires to ensure that blood collection occurred in the first two weeks before their cycle began. Match controls were used in the study, but there's no mention of them being sedentary. There's no details given of illness duration, so we don't know how the effects of gene expression will change with post exertional malaise, which would be a useful comparison to make. It is a great shame that no measurements were taken 24 hours or longer after the exercise challenge to discover if this further influences gene expression, especially given that post-exertional malaise tends to be delayed by 24 to 72 hours. Furthermore, most comparisons in this study focused on the change between time points within the groups and not between. For example, when looking at cell type abundance data, this is presented as the change at T2 from T1 in MECFS and healthy control. The data does not tell us at these time points how MECFS participants differ from controls. Lastly, it's disappointing that there is no comparison between baseline data, T0, for MECFS patients and healthy controls, showing how gene expression differs in the study group at the beginning of the experiment. Overall, I think this study is very neat and well performed. As always, its main limitation is sample size. The paper itself is easy to read and not too lengthy. This research is also a good example of international collaboration. Furthermore, the ME Ramsey Research Fund supports the work of Professor Elsa Ultra in Spain. A few other studies which are worth mentioning this week are Paper 5, which is a very impressive PhD thesis investigating genetic and immunological causes of MECFS. This work had a new novel finding when looking at the genetic association with the gene PDE10A, which is also implicated in Parkinson's and Huntington's disease. Furthermore, other avenues were ruled out when studying immune T-cells as T-cell clonal expansion was not found to be greater in those with MECFS. Additionally to this thesis, previous work by this author looked at the genetic risk factors in MECFS. Paper 6 in this week's roundup looks at the use of Panex Ginseng with the results suggesting that this helps to accelerate recovery from fatigue in rats. This study is very similar to one we previously reported on using Red Ginseng. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.